1: Hi, this is Monique.
0: And this is Sydney.
1: And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's
0: Open Relationship.
1: It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends, how many of us have them? Mother and daughters, is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute.
2: It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up.
1: Hey, my loves. Welcome to Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Today is going to be a good one. Hey, Daddy.
2: Hey, Mama.
1: So what are we talking about today?
2: How do you deal with death?
1: How do you deal with death? How do you deal with death? Talk about it.
2: That's how you're going to give it to me? How are we
1: going to deal with it?
2: Well, let's, I think, first define what they speak about in reference to what is death. So when we look at a Wikipedia's definition of death, it is the termination of all biological functions that sustain a living organism. Phenomenon which is commonly bring about death include biological aging, predation, malnutrition, disease, suicide, homicide, starvation, dehydration, and accidents or trauma resulting in terminal injury. That's a lot of things. So in essence, that's their definition of death. And I guess, you know, we would discuss uh, how did we come about this conversation?
1: Well, last weekend, um, had a show down in Houston and my, my mother and father down in Houston and my mom's health has been pretty, um, I would say it's been declining pretty rapidly and I had a show down there last weekend and I was like, you know what? I really don't want to go see her because I don't want that to be the last thought of my mother. Mm -hmm. To see her that way. And because our relationship had been pretty strained for some years. So we had had pretty much a disconnect. So I was thinking, you know, I I don't know if I want to see her that way. Mm -hmm. And then talking to Veronica, and we had a very sweet conversation. And she said, you know, Monique, she said, I think the moment you really free yourself up is when you consider someone other than yourself. Mm -hmm. When you put yourself in their position to see how it would be for them if you were them. So as I was sitting in the hotel room on Saturday morning, I got up and I said, you know what, I need to go see my mother because if I were her, how would I feel if I'm at this part of my journey Mm -hmm. and I have a child in town who, though I may have done a whole bunch of damage to to the relationship, Would I want them to come see me? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I would. So I went to go see her, and
3: it was the first time I saw her old. Take your time. It was the first time I saw my mother old
1: and frail and... Fragile and
3: helpless. And as I'm in that hospital room, trying to clean her, she
1: was hesitant and a little resistant. And I, I think I understood why. Because it's almost like I'm losing all of my ability to take care of myself and I want something.
3: Mm-hmm
1: that I can hold on to. And when it was time for her to get up out the bed, security had to come in and, and get her up and move her. And I just saw this elderly, helpless woman. And a part of me don't want that memory. Mm-hmm. But a part of me is, I'm glad and I'm grateful that I want to go see her. Because If I were in that bed, I would still want someone to love me through it. Mm -hmm. Despite what my yesterdays were. I would still want someone to say, I'm going to love you through it. So we're having a show today. How do we deal with death? Because Sydney said to me, what?
2: Prior to that situation, in... You taking the time to see your mother, I understand how you feel right now. That You feel like you may not want to see it, but I know how you are after the fact. And you'll never get that opportunity to say what you may have wanted to say to see it. And despite the fact that you feel like you don't want to see her in that particular way, you as a daughter, someone could say, have gone over and beyond what a daughter is expected to do. Don't let that go at this point. See it all the way through. And I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it just happened to work out that way. But it's like, and go see her, because in retrospect, after it's all said and done, again, you won't get that time back to see it. So when you called me up that day and we had to stop the conversation, and you said, I got to tell you something, when I talk back to you, I already knew, in the words of Big Freedia, you already know. I can't stand you, okay. okay? I already Just- <laughs> knew. <laughs> I already knew you were going to see it because I know how you do, and I'm glad you got an opportunity to see it. My grandmother used to say to me all the time, she said, People ask me when I put your grandfather in the ground and my first husband in the ground, how come grandma wasn't falling all apart? And she said, the reason why is because I did all I could for them niggas while they was alive. <laughs> okay. That's what she said. And when you do all that you can for people while they are alive, you have no regrets When they're gone, and I remember saying to Grandma, I don't know how I'm going to make it without you when you go. And she said, you're going to be fine. It's your your father and his brothers. They ain't going to know what to do because of how they treated Grandma when she was alive. And sure enough, when she left, it was as if inside of me there was a level of joy because she told me, I'm tired. I'm just trying to live long enough. She had an older son. Bootsy, who had been with her all but three years of his life. It would have been full, but he got a dishonorable discharge out the army. (laughs) So he didn't do the full four years, but all but three years of his life. So they essentially were a married couple, and he knew, she knew, if she died first, there would be nobody to take care of him. Ninety days after he passed away, so did she. And there was a level of comfort because I realized there was no way I could have said, I love you more or her say, I love you more to me or to each other than we said. And we knew that day was coming. So it allowed me to deal with her passing on this life, but reintroduction into a new one in a different way.
1: How did we deal with death is is the question that we're asking. And, you know, I think that... It's not so much for me how I'm dealing with death. It's how do I deal with this in life? Mm -hmm. Not so much in death, because once that happens, it's done. And my mother may live another, who knows? Who knows?
3: However, it was when I saw her. And when you see somebody in that position you start saying, does yesterday
1: even matter? Mm -hmm. Like, does it matter? Does it matter about all the arguments? Does it matter about how wrong I thought that she was? Like, just to see her in that position, it was disheartening. And I don't know if so much it was because It was my mother or if it was because I saw this woman who, through her choices and decisions, this is where life has placed her and she happens to be my mother. Mm -hmm. So I don't know so much if her dying is going to be such the effect. I think seeing her live like this Mm -hmm. is what hurts. And there's nothing I can do. And there's nothing for me to do. Mm -hmm. Because those are her choices and decisions. But I would hate for that to be the last memory that I have of this woman.
2: Would you prefer if the last memory that you had of her was just just a conversation? Because the last time you had seen her prior to that... Though physically she was in better shape, essentially the mental state and the way she thought and acted, and there were still things that y'all hadn't worked out, they were still there. so do you feel like again you uh despite the fact that you saw her in that that state that there's a level of comfort that you find in at least seeing her? when you had an opportunity to see her versus avoiding her because of what you didn't want to see?
3: Mm.
1: For my mom, when you said, play it all the way through. And I know the relationships with my other siblings and my mother. And I just don't want my mother going away feeling like nobody cared. Like, I don't want her leaving with a feeling of nobody cared. And though we've gone through what we've gone through, I wanted to show up that day to say to her, despite,
3: despite it all. Despite it all. Despite it all, I still love you.
1: And you're still my mom. And there was a time that I was shut out. And when I see her
3: in that position, I'm like, there's so much time we lost unnecessarily. And I've always known this woman to be
1: an Energizer Bunny. Mm -hmm. I've never... And as I sit here right now, people ask me where do I get my fight from. I used to always say my father. But quietly, my mother is a fucking fighter. Mm -hmm. And she'll fight for the wrong things, but she's a fighter. (laughs) Like, she, okay, but
2: she's a... Give an example of the stuff she'll fight for. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) Just so they can appreciate When they told my mother
1: she had colon cancer. And... I was flying somewhere. I was I was somewhere, so I had to call to the hospital to get the information. And my sister gets on the phone and she says, "Um, and this was the thing. It was like this great secret. Like nobody could fucking say it was cancer. Mm-hmm. So she's tomorrow. They said she got it. Well, what the fuck what does what she, she got? got? Right. So my father get on the phone. Hey, Nikki. I'm not I am not laughing, y'all, but this is what it was though. Nikki, god damn it, these people are saying <laughs> that said that Alistair got this shit. Nobody's saying yeah, what it is. So when my mother gets on the phone, she says, with laughter in her voice, girl, they said something I got somebody I can't say Ain't nobody got no shit. I ain't I ain't got a damn thing. Now When she, after the treatment, she only went for one because she said she didn't like the way it made her feel. Mm -hmm. She had to go back in like six months. Y'all, they couldn't find no goddamn cancer. Mm -hmm. They just, and I'm looking at this woman like, okay then. So when they told her they had to take off one of her legs, again, she was a G. Oh, what I thank you baby. You didn't I forgot the the head uh, surgery. So they found a tumor on her brain. So I go with her to get that done and they cut. They were only supposed to cut a little like some inches in her head and they wound up cutting this big gash and all all she could say was Ain't this a goddamn shame? They done cut my goddamn head. I can't. And I'm not wearing no goddamn wigs, Monique. I'm
2: not doing
1: it. But the spirit of what that was, Mm -hmm. she kept going Mm -hmm. when they took her first leg. And I remember as a young girl, the doctor saying, ma'am, you got to move. You got to do something. You got to stop smoking. She kept doing what she was doing, and they took the first leg, and when they took that leg, the spirit of my mother, it was like, listen, I'm going to put this other, This they got me this plastic leg. It ain't going to stop me from going to the bingo. Mm-hmm. Didn't stop her. Now here we come, and they took the second leg. And I remember my mother coming to visit, and she hadn't seen the kids since they were about two. And at the time, my, our kids are 10 Michael is 12, so y'all do the math. And this is why I empathize with this woman, and not just because she's my mother, but because of the disconnect. And this is a conversation of we're hoping that it'll make a difference for some other folks.
2: Absolutely.
1: And when my mom came to see and visit with my family, she sat at the side of the pool doing crossword puzzles. And our kids kept trying to get her attention. And those crossword puzzles was just so important. And that was a time I would have gotten really angry with her because I would have said, you're saying no one's paying you any attention, no one's mm-hmm. showing you any love, so mm-hmm. we bring you here to, to try to give you that, and you're, you're caught in these crossword puzzles. So when we went up to her room that night to put her in the bed and, she and I had a chance to have a conversation. I said, You know, Ma, there would have been a time I would have been really angry with you. But now I just feel really sorry for you because they're your grandchildren and they've not seen you in years and they're trying to connect. And I to her credit, the next day, she sat in the side all the way at the side of the pool in her wheelchair
3: mm-hmm.
1: and she did what she could to watch. Mm-hmm. And then later on, she was up in the sunroom, and our kids, being the sweet kids that they are, they went over to her, and they began to rub the nubs on her legs. And they said, if we keep rubbing, will your legs grow back? And she laughed, and she said, no, my legs will never grow back. So David said, well, don't you think? Now, David is our child who don't have no filter, okay? So he going to say the shit. So he said.
2: Where did he get that from?
1: <laughs> don't you think you should stop smoking? And her response was, I'll smoke until they
3: take my arms off. So when I went to go visit her last weekend, I'm looking at this woman saying you didn't even fight for the fighter that I thought you to be. You didn't fight for it. And for all the time that
1: I thought you were able to keep up, you were able to get up and keep going. Those were just words. So now that
3: we're here and I'm faced with Again, don't know when that moment's
1: going to come, but just face with seeing this woman
3: who the quality of her life has gotten different. So I don't know so much, Daddy, if it's how do we deal
1: with death, how do you deal with getting up to that point?
2: Before we go further, let's tell um... Good folks that are periscoping in. We got to see them a little bit later, but y'all tune into to the show next Monday.
1: There it is.
2: And we appreciate you.
1: Thank you, my babies. We will uh, listen to the rest of the show. Like my daddy said, next Monday, we get ready to sign off for this right now. Okay.
0: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
2: But to your point, when we say what is death, to some degree it's an extension of life. Because when you hear people saying that they had what they call near-death experiences and they were kind of slipping away, What is the one thing that they said that they saw? The light. The light. But if you're a child being brought into this earth or any realm, you know, you're in a hospital and you're coming out of your mother's vagina or stomach, what's the first thing you're going to see? Light. Light. So what we may consider death is them going into their new birth, just like we see a birth which may have formerly somewhere else been what they consider to be a death. So the truth is, is there really any death at all? Or is that eternal life that they're speaking about, is it a constant? It's one thing to the next. And in dealing with people's passing to that next place, one of the things that I think are helpful is understanding that people have a right to live their life in the manner in which they want to live their life. And we have to become realist and accepting of the inevitable. It is inevitable that we all will pass. But what is the question is how will we deal with the passing and us having a firm grip over the fact that with your mother, she's not, it's not over. And because she is in her own way a fighter, though she didn't fight or hasn't fought, Historically for good health, in the words of Frank Sinatra, she's done it her way. Chips, pretzels, peanuts, Yo, salt, this the shit, though, Okay. cigarettes. This the shit right here that, <laughs> that has gotten me through the closet
1: conversations.
2: And since she's chosen to do it her way, despite the fact that we would prefer that she had done it in another way. It's her life to live in the man in which she so chooses as it is your w- life to live in the man in which you so choose. When we spoke in reference to the topic of Monique and Sydney's open relationship, there were a lot of people that had things to say and not all of them were positive. And there's a high level of appreciation that I have for that. I embrace them because what they are is the equivalent of the coyote and the dog Sam. Remember the dog Sam and the coyote? And all during the show, the coyote's trying to steal the sheep. And all during the show, Sam is whooping the coyote's ass. But then the whistle blows. And at the end of it, Sam says to the coyote, good night, friend. And he says, good night. Because everything was left on the field. When you see Historic fighters, Max Schmelling, Joe Lewis. These were incredible battles. But after the battle, they became friends. Eile Frazier. He called them guerrillas. Hurtful things. But they had a mutual respect. In life, when we understand that the people that we oftentimes are on the field of proverbial battle with, that at the very end of it. What we thought was important during the course of our years, we find at the end of our time is not so important after all. But if we can have a level of foresight in the midst of the proverbial battle to realize that there's no need to be in a battle, that it allows us a level of freedom at the end of our time when we won't see those people that were in their own way part of the reason for us to be better. Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier were put in this world to be better, but they enhance one another to be better. They, they were reinforcements to be better. When you see the things that your mother has done in your life, in her life, these are quiet signals and quiet reinforcements for you to say, I've got to be better. I can't make the same choices. When we look at the dung beetle as proof He is rolling up shit like I just hit the lottery and rolling it away like, (laughs) yeah, I won. That implies that nothing is wasted. When you see little Charlie, he was riding on a motorcycle and he died too young because he was gangbanging. Let's take the motorcycle away. He was gangbanging. Or someone who lived to be 70, but they died of cancer from smoking. Nothing is wasted because someone saw Ch- little Charlie, running around in the gangs, and they say, well, I'll never do that. And someone else will see Miss Alice and say, well, I've got to stop doing what it is that I'm doing to better my life. So in the course of her living in the manner in which she chose to live, there are benefits from that. There are benefits from the cow shitting on the grass because they are fertilizing it. And there, again, is nothing wasted. So... During the course of your time with her, if you're able to look at her as someone that you've been on the battlefield with, but those battles that you've had with her allow you to be better as a person, allow you to potentially see the mistakes that you both may have made and the successes that you've both had, but you saw it all the way through and were a woman about it. Then at the end, we know what it's going to be. We know there's going to be a point in time when we say goodbye. The key is are we strong enough to be able to say it with a level of grace, a level of dignity, and enough strength to allow us to go on? Because the same thing we came into this world with is the exact same thing that we leave with, and it's the spirit of who we are. And what type of spirit are you trying to leave to take with you to do this whole thing over again?
1: You know, when Mimi went on to the next journey, I can't tell you when. I cannot tell you when my grandmother went on. Because we had such an amazing time while she was alive. And we, I remember the day we sat on her bed and we said, whoever go first no sad tears. Because we're going to enjoy each other right now. Mm-hmm. And then she said, if I go first, you cremate me. Because they're going to bury me around all them niggas. And I haven't already been with them <laughs> niggas. And I don't want to be with them no more. Don't want to be Because they had her right around the same block with her other three husbands. And she was like, I'm done with that shit. But it, listen, let me tell you
2: something. Why are you going to act like that,
1: Ryman? Let, let me tell you something.
2: Ass, did she say shit.
1: My grandmother cursed my grandmother had three real conversations with me, okay? Three I mean, real real. When she went back to, right now you just another woman, I need to say some shit to you. So when she first came to visit us in California, we were going outside to get into the we wouldn't get the jacuzzi, put the boys in the jacuzzi. And she said, Well, Nikki, I don't have my bathing suit and she coming up with all these reasons why. So we just sitting there talking. And I said, Mimi, since big, big Big Daddy's been gone, have you been with a man? And she said, "Now this is when she stepped out of being Mimi, mm-hmm. and she became Lillian. She said, baby, let me tell you something. If I don't have another nigga in my life, I'm good. You talking about a man? I done had the men, baby. I was like, that's where I come from. That's where I come that's from. That's where I come from. But it was just, that was one time. Another time was when I said to her, Mimi, I've had to walk away from the family because I just can't deal with that no more. She stepped out of bed, my grandmother, and said, Listen, if the head ain't right Ain't shit gonna be right. And your father, he ain't right. And that's my goddamn son. And I can say what is real. If his ass ain't right, it's a hard time for anything else to be right. And I understand sometimes you gotta leave niggas alone. <laughs> then seconds later, she went back to, and Nikki, you want something to eat? I was just like, you was just a gangster.
2: Just a gangster.
1: But, and the third time was when we talked about dying. When she was like, check this out, ain't no sad tears. We're gonna enjoy each other right now. And when it's my turn or if it's your turn, we good. If I go first, you make sure you have me cremated. That was it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know. And stop mumbling. If you going to say something, say it then, Robin. Say something then.
1: I think, though, that even with me and my grandmother, it was always just good stuff. There was, there was, there was nothing that I could mm-hmm. say was Bad stuff from a little girl, like you hear me talk about on stage. She always made me feel like I was just the one. Even all the way up to she coming with me and my husband and our children, and she has in her mind that I'm a virgin. Mimmy, you've got to know that that you're, that is not your case. Okay, now did t- that Tina gave it the antithesis? Hey, so, but she was she was that. <laughs> I think the difference is with my mom,
3: that the bad started out when good, by margins. It was almost like I stopped knowing who she was. Well, you obviously still have it, as you should Yeah, it's, it's like, because it's still my
1: mother. And I don't want anybody to go through that. It's almost like I think some mother's jobs was to get the baby here. That's it. That's it. Some people's jobs was just to get that ass here. They wasn't supposed to be nurturing. They weren't supposed to be around. Their job was to say, I need you to be the vessel to get them here. I think with me and my mother, at one point, my mother was my best friend. My mother knew everything. There was nothing my mother didn't know, from how much money I made, to just everything, and then the money got in the way of that. Something got in the way of that, and we became these totally separate people. Like I was telling Sid the day in the car, she couldn't hold me. Like she couldn't hold my hand, and I kept. Initially, I got out. I said, "John." Let me get in the back seat. So when I get in the back seat, she has both her her. So I took her hand out of her lap, and I just held on to it, and she pulled it away and started acting like she was talking with her hands and then put her hand back, and I took it again. It was almost like...
2: And that uh, was what we discussed as being a level of guilt and a level of uncomfortability because... Sometimes one of the strongest things that you can give to a person is love and consideration when internally they may feel as if they have wronged you. And there's a feeling that comes from them of, I don't even understand how you're able to give this to me. And partially feel as if they're not worthy of it based upon all of the things that transpired. So there's a level of uncomfortability in staying silent and enjoying a moment of quiet with you and feeling that we always have to be speaking about something because that moment of quiet is going to almost take you two back to a place from a psychic standpoint, if you will, where you know what you're thinking about and she knows what you're thinking about and you're both thinking about the same things. And this is the reason why people oftentimes go to their grave without speaking and having conversations about the real things in life and that's where the uncomfortability comes in because you can never engage in that conversation again but as we sit here and we're talking about death which is another version of eternal sleep i believe lisa's mattress can help you have a better night's <laughs> rest so the question i would ask you is are you tired and need a better rest, but usually wake up feeling like a mess because of an inferior mattress?
1: That can be all over right now because a peaceful night's sleep is now only a few keystrokes away with a mattress that's been redesigned, and now you can get it from where? Lisa online.
2: And that's Lisa, L E E S A. What is the Lisa mattress company, you ask? It's an innovative, exclusively online mattress company enhancing the gift of sleep.
1: And here's four reasons why, four important reasons why.
2: Number one, it starts with a 10-inch hybrid foam mattress with three premium foam layers for a universal feel that everyone needs for a better sleep. Secondly, it has perforated 2-inch Avena foam top layer to give you cool and that cushiony bounce. Number three, there's a 2-inch memory foam layer middle foam layer for body contouring, and number four, each mattress has a six-inch dense core support foam for durability and edge support.
1: How do you know that you can trust this?
2: Well, at Lisa, they give you a 100-night risk-free trial.
1: It's also 100% American-made. The mattress is shipped compressed in a box right to your front door, and shipping is free. That's right. We said it. It is free anywhere in the U.S.
2: It has to cost a fortune, then.
1: Actually, no. A Lisa mattress only starts at $525. dollars
2: you going to say it like that, baby? I'm going to say it like that. Well, for listening to Monique and Sydney, Lisa has given you a code for $75 off your next mattress when you put in Lisa.com backslash open and order a mattress. We repeat, go to Lisa, L-E-E-S-A dot com backslash open and order a mattress.
1: And the Lisa Company is like the Tom Shoes or Warby Parker of mattresses with their 1 in 10 program because they donate one mattress to a shelter for every 10 they sell. Y'all, they give one mattress to a shelter for every 10 they sell. And the Wall Street Journal even said this is the Uber
2: of mattresses. So remember, if you want a good night's rest and hate waking up feeling a mess, go ahead and get a Lisa redesigned mattress.
0: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. How
1: do you deal with death? How do you do it? And, you know, I want to say this, too, that this show is extremely therapeutic for me. And I hope (laughs) hope for people that's listening. Mm -hmm. Because... The stand that I was taking was, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the closer I got to it, the reality of, are you good? Like, are you good with this for real? Because to see her and then to hear her talk now, like she talks very shaky. It's, it's, and I'm like, this is a different person, though it's my mother. This is the woman that when I go to the nursing
3: homes and I see laying in those beds, that's now my mother. So for as tough as I want to be, and I thought that I was, I don't want my mother to suffer absolutely
1: and even in my prayers i asked the same thing that i asked for about my grandmother when i knew that my grandmother was was just at a point where the quality of her life was just not good and i would ask the universe please don't let my mom suffer long
2: mm-hmm. but again it has what it has in store for your mother and who knows? She's defied the odds in the past.
1: My mother I might mean. put them damn legs on, baby. <laughs> <And> Listen, <laughs> we were walking through the airport, okay? And see, but this is this is what makes me say this woman—the way she take it. We walking through the airport, and Robin is carrying her damn leg oh with the God, foot. Baby. <laughs> attached to it like she cradled I'm like, but you go, you're not gonna cry my mother leg. Like, she's like well, what am I supposed to do with it? Right. But my mother was just as cool. And then we got right. Get there. It's got we got right to the, the little store, and she said, "Give me some of them pretzels and a Pepsi." Well, goddamn it! Right. right. She's okay with the repercussions of her choices and decisions. You know. And whatever the end may be. So, you know, you just had to get okay with it, too. (laughs) Right. I mean, really, because, it. I mean, you're in control of you. She's been in control of her. So if she's good with it, then do the best you can do with your relationship with her and keep on loving her through it. I mean, the end is coming for all of us, and we might check out before she does. You're you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's just the shock of seeing my mother in that position. It's like everything you're saying, you're right. We knew it was coming. You knew they was coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's from jungle fever. But I think that when you – I remember the morning that Khadijah, my grandmother's caretaker, she had filmed my grandmother for me. And she called me up and she said, Monique, she said she hasn't opened her eyes and she's doing the murmur. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you get ready, you start doing that. You <laughs> scare me when you talk no. about that. that. murmur. And that's what my grandmother was doing. And she said, I just want to put the phone up to her ear so she can hear your voice, mm-hmm. you know. And when she put the phone up to her ear, I said, Mimi. Let go. It's okay. Just go ahead and let go. And then she was filming her, and my grandmother opened up her eyes. And she said, Money, she ain't opened her eyes all day. Well, 3 o'clock that morning, I get a call, and Khadija says, Has anybody called you? Well, I knew what it was, mm-hmm. but there was no sadness. It was such a relief, like, because I, Mimi didn't like nobody having to clean her. She ain't like So it was like a relief of, I'm glad you got her.
2: So— When you think about it, you've been given, for lack of a better term, the death business model of how to be able to be okay with someone's passing by your experiences with your grandmother. And the same thing and the same dynamics that you had with her, though, Verbatim, you will, because there's an openness that your mother has to have for you to have that symbiotic relationship that you had with your grandmother. But in order for you to enjoy. And come to peace with your side of it. You've seen it. And that's just being open and honest with her and the manner in which you which you are with these individuals that happen to be listening that we're having these conversations for a therapeutic reason for ourselves, but also in the hopes of it being beneficial for other people so that we learn how to, as individuals, again, reverting back to it's going to be what it's going to be. And we only have control over ourselves, and oftentimes we don't utilize that control to the best of our abilities as it pertains to us. So now to concern ourselves with how with so, how someone else who is older than us is living and how they're distributing their love and so forth, as long as you're there for her, and the best way that you can be there for her, the question someone would ask is, well, what is there more that you could do? And if the answer is nothing, because death is as heavy as you just proven as you make it. Now, full disclosure, and I can say this because this is my wife and she'll be all right later, but some of the tears that we have here today are due to the fact that there are things that women experience from time to time on a monthly basis that <laughs> that that, that allow them to be more emotional than they normally would. So, <laughs> again.
1: Ow, oh, daddy, now.
2: Cause sometimes we forget. Cause see, sometimes I, you know, guys, you that may be listening, you know how it is when all of a sudden you having a conversation and your woman all of a sudden she just get fucked up for no reason, and you be like, wait, are you on your period? <laughs> okay, baby, no problem. Yes, now. everything is permissible <laughs> when you're on your period. Let's get the fire extinguisher and put that out next time. Don't pour no gasoline on that shit when you're going to light that match, okay? So, let's just understand. Right. Right. Big Freed again. You already
1: know! You know, y- 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 you know. However, though, you're absolutely right. Okay. However, though, it's ver- it's it's freeing at the same time. No doubt. It really is. And when you say that, you can get motivation from everything.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's very motivating because, as I said this morning as we were periscoping, to see my mother like that, though, it's like, oh, it's motivating. Mm-hmm. And it makes me dance harder. Mm-hmm. It makes me fight harder for my mental stability. Mm-hmm. It makes me fight harder. for. It just makes me fight harder because I wouldn't want my children to walk in and see me like that. If I could help it. Now, if something happens, it's out of my control. But if it's in my control, I wouldn't want my children to have that visual.
2: And hopefully, not just fighting harder for health and a mental state, but working harder towards a level of heightened forgiveness. Towards being able to overstand someone when they sometimes feel as if they deserve no understanding at all because of the things in which we sometimes as human beings commit because we are human beings. But then when we do those things that sometimes make us appear to be extraordinary human beings, which is being able to forgive. And though you don't forget, because to forget, May allow you to commit the same mistakes that that person has committed, but it allows you to remember the times when you were working as tinsel and bow, and your mother was sitting out there at the mall waiting for you to stop, you know, or get finished your your shift at work. And I remember when you were doing comedy at uh Gaspers. at, at Gatsby's, and. My girlfriend, Jean and I at the time come in to see you, and you sitting there, and Miss Alice is sitting up there at a time when nobody knew who Monique was. You were getting $25 for doing three sets in the night. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there after the show. I'm saying to you, you was cussing in front of your mother. <laughs> How do you do that? I couldn't believe it. And you like, she don't care shit. I say it all, I say whatever I want. I'm like, wow, you're my hero. You cussed in front of your mother. And it's like, your mother, my mother would have passed out, and now you cuss in front of my mother <laughs> <laughs> doing comedy shows. No, and comedy, and you say some real yours, your show has uh, elevated. Whoa, Lord. No. So It's one of those things where it's one of those things where it allows you to appreciate the evolution of this thing called life. And again, here's the incredible part. For as much as we've been talking about death, and for as much as you've been talking about your mother, she's still alive. She's still alive. So everything that you want is still possible. But It's not about what you want. It's about what you two need. So obviously she still needs you, and you obviously need her. And while there's time, and you started this weekend, you started with the phone calls because you've not blocked her out. There have been times in which she chose to block you out. But when you're the bigger person and the higher-minded thinker and spiritual uh, be trying to be better than you, than you were yesterday, you'll benefit from that, as she'll benefit from that. So what more again can you do? We getting the high sign, baby, because it's the end of the show. That means you and I have to go. You gonna take us on home, baby. I was enjoying the song, Dad. That's all I got for you now.
1: We we wanna thank each and every one of you for joining us for this show. Because as we said initially when we first started, we really think that these conversations can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And if you allow it, it can change your life because I know that they're changing mine for the better. Does it happen overnight? It doesn't. It doesn't. It takes some time.
2: It takes some work. Am I a crybaby? God damn it. Yes. Especially, during this time of the month. Well, Daddy, and, and then I'm older, too.
1: What the fuck does that have to do? Because, <laughs> I'm older, because, too. Now
2: you're going to cry more. You because, cried more when you were younger. the hell is wrong with because you? Because menopause, too, get you emotional. My baby said menopause. And the reason why they call it menopause. Why they do it. Because what else would a man do but pause when y'all going through this bullshit, okay?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we thank every last one of you. Uh, Don't forget May the 6th in Harlem, New York at the legendary Apollo. I will be performing live myself, Capone, and Tone X. We can't wait to do it, baby. It's Mother's Day weekend. And what do we always say?
2: Well, one of the things we say is, and take the best and leave the rest. But thank you for tuning in the Monique in Sydney's open relationship and remember?
1: The mind is like a parachute.
2: It's no good unless it's open. We love y'all. For free.